What's up, The Untold Hour? This is Bowser here. Uh, We didn't have time for an episode this week, but we didn't want to leave you hanging. So we are going to give you a classic episode. Uh, My apologies. I'll be back in it next week. But until then, enjoy this classic Untold Hour. Hello, and welcome to the Untold Hour. This is Andrew Bowser, once again, rolling solo. Thank you so much for uh, listening to these recent episodes. I know Jess hasn't been here, but I've been having a lot of fun having special guests on, talking spooky uh, horror movies, true crime. We got into some voodoo chat last week. And this week, I have a very special guest. Her name is Zena Dixon. She's known on the internet as the real queen of horror. And so, yes, we are going to be talking horror. But this time around, we start by chatting about some supernatural paranormal experiences that Zena has experienced in her life. So I'm going to do a really quick weird of the week, and then we're going to get into our interview with Zena Dixon. But this weird of the week just had to be discussed because it's it's pretty big on the scale of spooky schnur. The U.S. government has officially off-world vehicles not made on this earth. That's correct. The U.S. government has vehicles in their possession that were not made on this earth. A recent report from the New York Times has shown that the U.S. government continues to have a unit for investigating UFOs. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force has been tucked away in the Office of Naval Intelligence. Not a classified unit, but they deal with classified matters. The task force is meant to study any UAP as a potential threat from any foreign threats, in quotes, but Harry Reid, the former Nevada senator who was instrumental in funding the original UFO program, told the Times he believes that crashes of objects of unknown origin may have occurred and that retrieved materials should be studied. This is another excerpt from the article. After looking into this, I came to the conclusion that there were reports, some were substantive, some not so substantive, 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 substantive. Why did that word sound so weird coming out of my mouth? That there were actual materials that the government and the private sector had in their possession. I love this. I love that more and more is coming out that states that the presence of UFOs and the study of UAPs is is just a known thing in our government. I think the less that's a secret the better. The astrophysicist Eric Davis, who consulted with the Pentagon's original UFO program and now works for the defense contractor Aerospace Corporation, told the Times that after he examined certain materials, he came to the conclusion that we couldn't have made them ourselves. In fact, Davis briefed a Department of Defense agency as recently as March about retrieving materials from, quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. The task force is also meant to publicly divulge some of its findings twice a year, meaning we may soon be getting more hints of UFO visits to earth. So that's what we call a a weird oneer. That's what I'm going to be calling that segment 
Aristotle. That's a weird oneer because it's just one weird of the week, but I felt like it was big enough to to mention because we've always been tracking what has been made public out of these UFO uh, visitations or sightings. And we feel like this acknowledgement in the New York Times is a pretty big one to not include on the untold hour, uh, especially the idea that we have off-world vehicles and they are being studied. I mean, that's straight out of Independence Day, right? That's straight out of most alien movies. They find the tech first and then they start to investigate it and then some pod opens and a little bad boy skitters out. And then they got to chase that little bad boy before it finds all of his other bad boy friends. And then they come and, oh, and then we need Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith to save our asses. Okay, I digress. Let's get into my interview with the real queen of horror, Ms. Zena Dixon. Well, I'm very excited to be joined by the real queen of horror, Miss Zena Dixon. Thank you for being on the show today. How are you? Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I was doing some yard work earlier, so I was working myself into a fever, a sweaty fever, and now I'm trying to come down from that. I've been building a fence and staining fence pickets, and I had like 210 to do, and I finished all of them today. Whoa. So Congrats. yes, I'm ri- I'm riding <laughs> riding quite an accomplished high right now, having finished staining those fence pickets, which I'm sure everyone's very excited to hear about. You need well, to go first outside of all, and celebrate. I know, I know. I need to just go out. I'm I'm not a dad, but I'm such a dad in that sense. I just want to go out and survey my my work <laughs> and just be proud of what I've done. Sit on the back porch with a beer or something. Um, well, first of all, I want people to learn a little bit more about you that if they don't know who you are, I know you because I've watched some of your YouTube compilation videos, some of your horror, uh, kind of, uh, list videos and like best this in horror, best this type of thing in horror. What I find so interesting is they're very niche titles. Like one recently was best nightclub scenes, right? right? And then most expensive homes was one. And this was a good one that I had actually tried to Google before, which is horror movies that take place in theaters, because I was working on a pitch about something like that, and I oh, wanted awesome. to find ex- examples. And uh, and you've recently done a video about that. So tell people about what you do exactly. Oh, man. So I'm just a huge horror nerd, and um, I decided that, you know what? It, normally I'm like super duper shy and like I'm really awkward sometimes. But I was like, you know what? I just want to just talk about horror. You know, yeah. I was a journalist, so it's like I'm kind of like transitioning more into like the video creation. And it's like I had all of this like film equipment in my house and I wouldn't really use it. So earlier this year, I was just like, you know, I made like a whole plan, just planned out the entire year worth of videos, just stuff that I would want to see. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, every now and then something will just pop up in my brain like oh man I should do that you know but I try to like stick to a schedule just because you know I get a little bit overwhelmed trying to figure out well what should I record next yeah and with the videos you know I like doing like top five top four top seven top ten type of list I don't know what it is about the number four there's just something magical about it <laughs> yeah you, you know it's a so, good size it's a good size list it's a bite size list yeah it is it's, it's perfect you know because sometimes it's not too overwhelming but you know I just kind of want to show like a new side of horror that 
you know, horror is fun and, you know, it doesn't have to be super serious. Or if, you know, I have like a lot of friends who they're not horror fans, but, you know, I'm their friend who really likes horror movies. So they give it a try like every now and then. And, you know, I've, I've made some people turn, you know, into right. Which is, that's so, the biggest accomplishment for a horror it nerd is. to turn one of their friends. Yeah. It is. And it, it was, it's hard sometimes because there's still that kind of resistance, you know, but, um, you know, I'm just basically just wanted to talk about horror. Yeah. That's fantastic. Wise. And, and now I, I explained this to you ahead of time that my co-host Jessica is, is absent for a few weeks. So I've let this turn into a horror podcast, <laughs> but I still have a responsibility to, to do a paranormal broadcast. Yes. What I have been doing is having a horror chat up top. And then diving into the paranormal at the end. But I thought we would flip it in this episode. Because if we start talking horror now, I won't stop for the full hour. So I want to circle back to your interests in horror. And I specifically want to find out how you turn your friends into horror fans. But to begin, why don't we talk about the supernatural? Because you have had a few experiences. I know they may seem small to you but i guess they were enough to last in your memory and register yes. as something out of the normal right absolutely so um okay well i have three stories if that's oh, okay three okay heck yes. yeah it's like one just came to mind you inspired me so that's what's so funny i ask people and sometimes they say i have none and then one will come to mind they'll be like oh wait there wow. was that one thing so sometimes they're kind of buried in there but yeah go ahead Okay, so I was a little kid. I was probably maybe seven, eight years old. And, you know, I was in my room. I shared a room with my sister. So in between our beds, there was just like a space, you know, for activities. And, you know, I'm just standing there and it's the daytime. We had a cat at the time, gray cat, you know. Um, she liked to like jump around. So I'm in a trance just watching TV. And it was just like a cartoon. Something comes Running into the room, it was so fast that it was like a blur. I couldn't really see it. It jumped on the bed, then it went underneath the bed. Like it just darted so fast. I was like, whoa. And I remember I wanted to just check to see if that was, you know, the cat because it's like maybe she was scared or something, you know. And then something told me, no, don't do it. I don't know what mm. it was. I have still to this day, <laughs> I don't know what it was. So I immediately left the room, walked down the hall to the kitchen, you know, my dad was in there cooking and I see the cat huh. sitting down and it was just like, yeah, I just never went back and right, right. go to sleep. But that was really freaky. And I remember I was, I told my sister about it and you know, it sounded like a, it sounds like a horror movie, but she was just like, oh, maybe you were dreaming. What? It is yeah. three o'clock in the afternoon. So that really creeped me out. Also, I do feel like I I've heard stories like this before and I've even seen video whether or not this was doctored or not, who knows, but of, uh, of, of something jumping onto a bed, an invisible presence jumping wow. onto a bed and actually like, you know, depressing the mattress, you see the mattress depress and then it jump away. And I've even at night sometimes felt that to the mm -hmm. point where I get up and see where my cats are and they're both sleeping in the living room. Wow. It's really interesting. And I've, uh, I I've seen something out of the corner of my eye, flip by that made me think it was one of my animals but then they're sleeping somewhere else it's interesting it, it, did the house that you grew up in um you're on the east coast right yes did did you was it a house that felt like there were supernatural presence there was it heavy with any kind of you know supernatural vibes or no 
no, not that yeah. one, which was, which was weird. Like I would hear from, at least not from me, from my brothers, you know, I have two brothers. I would hear from them where they'll be up in the middle of the night and they'll kind of smell like food, like someone's cooking, Huh. but there's no one in the kitchen, you know? So it's just kind of weird. And, you know, we lived in a house, so it's like, where is that coming from? Right. You know, so that was always just strange. But other than that, like that's in that particular house, that was my only experience. And I kind of yeah. just kind of like shut it out of my brain in a way. I, yeah. And the only time that I feel like most of the times that I have felt that it has been arguably at night when I could have been dreaming. It's been when I've been right. kind of half awake. And, you know, just I don't know if you heard this, but just last night in L.A., we had a, an earthquake. Right. Yeah. And about 4.30 in the morning. And there was a moment where it was creeping into my dream. And I was mm-hmm. having a nightmare, as I often do. And there was some zombie or some creature that I was fighting. And then things started to escalate. And I got this really creeping sense of dread. And then I wake up and my house is shaking. And oh. uh, and I've often wondered if me feeling my cat jump on my bed, you know, I was dreaming something that was triggering that sense and I wake up and feel those senses continued, but it wasn't actually any presence on my bed. Mm-hmm. But if you were just awake, walking around your house at three in the afternoon, then that wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't uh, add up. Um, well, what are some of the other experiences that you've had? Uh, once in high school, I decided to mess around with a Ouija board, and I'm very <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> Which is the very... beginning of so many creepy yes. stories. It's like, I'm very disappointed in myself because I remember I watched Witchboard when I was in high school and I'm like, Witchboard. Witchboard is everything. It's just such a wonderful movie, you know? Is that the one where, does a man get killed at a construction site in Witchboard? Yeah. There's a really brilliant cut in there, like how they hide the dummy. I forget what it is, but it's a really great cut because, or it's the fact that they still have the actor's voice going over the shot of the yes. dummy getting crushed. So it really tricks your mind. Something like that. Anyway, which board is fantastic. Yeah. That is a very awesome scene. And I'm yeah, it's great. You remembered it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, one of my friends, uh, one of my best friends at the time, she started hanging out with this other girl. Let's call her Alice. And, um, <laughs> okay. And Alice was into, you know, hanging out in cemeteries and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And it was just like, I wasn't judging her, like, live your life. Yeah. But um, she, she, I started judging my friend when she was like, yeah, let's try it. And I'm like, what? No, because there were plenty of times, like, she was my movie buddy. We would watch horror movies together. Mm-hmm. And I remember us even like to get to her house from our high school, we would have to go through the woods. And it's just like, she's like, no, come on. It's a shortcut. I'm like, no, because obviously <laughs> yeah, if there's a killer, you know what I mean? I just have a feeling for some reason it might be me who dies and I'm just not, just please. No. You've seen enough horror movies to know that a cut through through the woods is not a yes. good idea. It's so much quicker. No. What's uh-huh. the rush? You know? So I was like, so finally after her, you know, asking me a couple of times, I was like, all right, let's, let's try it. Plus I was curious because she would tell me about it, how they would go to the cemetery and they would talk to people and that something weird happened to her car. It was Hmm. dented, even though she didn't touch anything. They they were basically in in like an open field. So it was just, I don't know what they were doing out there. I, I could not like never bring myself to go with them. Yeah. But we were at her house. 
and she lived with her aunt and her aunt used to work nights. And when you first walk into her house, um, well, she lived in an apartment. When you first would walk in, there was like this really heavy cabinet that the wind will not push that door. Nothing will, but you would have to physically push it. Like I couldn't even push it with one hand. I would have to use two yeah. for it to move, for it to make a sound. She doesn't own any pets. It was just her and her aunt who lived in the house. So very mm -hmm. stable community. She mm -hmm. had a neighbor that lived downstairs, but she was on the second floor. We couldn't hear them. So it wasn't the wind. It wasn't any of that stuff. So basically we, um, she kind of like created like the, the board herself and everything. Oh, okay. And she lit a candle. She said some opening thing. We were holding hands and I don't even remember exactly what she said, but it's like the whole room just got tense and it didn't help hmm. that she had black walls, you know? Oh, so, yeah. And, and it was at night and stuff. And we heard that door or, or from that cabinet creaking as if somebody pushed it. Wow. I kindly picked up my bag and we, we I told her I got to go home. She's like, no, we have to close the circle. I'm like, okay, let, let's close the search of the circle. So I, so we did. And I think I was like in 10th grade. And I never went back over her house again. See, so. It, it's so like the hardest, I think, logic problem in any horror film is why do the characters stay? Every horror film, there's that moment where any one of us would pick up and leave just as you did. Right. Um, it's so hard to, I, this is a tangent and I won't stay on it for long, but I was listening to a podcast recently with one of the directors of Blair Witch and I still think the Blair Witch Project is one of the only found footage films that really gives the character uh, a, a, a logical reason to continue to film. Right, right. She's fixating. She's a documentarian. She has to get these answers. Mm -hmm. She has to capture this footage. There's so many found footage movies where people are just like filming themselves while they're eating Chinese food. And I'm right. like, but, but why at this point? <laughs> you know, uh, the cameras are rolling too soon or they're... Mm -hmm they're being filmed as if there's a camera operator behind them instead of a, a person that's never held a camera before. Yeah. Tangent. The point is, um, most people's reaction in those moments is to remove themselves from mm -hmm. them. And do you think you had a particular sensitivity to it that your friends didn't? Was it more, maybe because of your love for horror, you maybe had a, there was more of a respect or you understood the weight of these things and it wasn't as playful? Like, what do you right. think made you not engage in a playful way and were a little more serious about it? I think it was because I definitely had think that it had a lot to do with the horror because it was like, even going in, I was hesitant about doing it. While I was doing, while we were doing like the, just calling, calling out and everything like that, um, I felt like I should not be doing this. Right. You know, um, throughout the whole time, there was just something uncomfortable in the air. And normally I go over, when I would go over her house, it's very comfortable. It's just like one of, you know, sometimes you go to someone's house and she's very inviting. Yeah. For me, it just, it, it wasn't that time. But it's weird because she would watch horror movies too, but she wanted to keep on going. And yeah. I didn't understand, especially where it's just, what I think is weird is that when she would do um, these things with Alice, worse things would happen and you're still going so right. that's what i don't understand i think that she she took it as a joke she thought it was playful she thought it was fun and then yeah. i 
I'm, I can't get over the fact that they would actually do it in the cemetery. Right. You no. Know? So that's even who knows what's going on out there. But yeah, I feel like we all had that friend. Did you say it was middle school? It was high school. High school. I feel like we all have that friend around that age. I had uh, one of my sister's friends. I could call her Alice as well. Her name started with an A, but it wasn't <laughs> Alice. But uh, same thing. She got really into this stuff in high school. And we'd been over to her house a number of times and it was chill. But I remember one afternoon after school, it just wasn't chill. I, I, I was getting uncomfortable. My sister was less affected by by that stuff. But Alice was telling us like, yeah, we played with the Ouija board. And the next thing we know, there was like lipsticks like drawn on the stairs and on the mirror in our house. Wow. And I was like, LOL, not not fun for me. I'm, <laughs> and But I was still at the age where like I didn't really walk home by myself. So I had to wait for my sister to be ready to leave. Mm-hmm. And her threshold was a lot higher. So she was like, whatever, let's just stay here and you know watch Tiny Toons or whatever we were doing. <laughs> um, well, what's the third story? What was the third thing that you've experienced? So uh, the third thing was I kind of feel like it is kind of like a out of body experience. Okay. So um, my family, we went on, we used to vacation in Maine for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. It's <laughs> a weird place to go. No offense for vacation. And, no, it's um, beautiful though. It's beautiful. It is. It is. And so um, we stayed at this resort and um, I, at the time, I didn't know how to swim, but mm-hmm. there were no lifeguards and it was just my brother and I, and we were in the pool and he didn't know how to swim. But he was, he's really tall. So he's like six two, you know? So I'm like mm-hmm. at the time, maybe four eleven. So, um, I think I was maybe 12, 13. So we decided to hold on to the side and go around the pool. Yeah. I don't know. And <laughs> so we were doing that. And I, um, I was just about to reach like the part where, uh, it was like, for, like five one or something. So, you know, the concrete, you know, it's, it's hard and stuff and not slippery, but there was a, a part of the ground that was a little bit more slick. And so I kind of like slipped and I let go and I fell into the, like where I moved back. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I was in the water. I didn't really realize what was happening. Um, my brother was still going and I was trying to, like, I came up for a second. I tried to call him, but then I went back down and somehow it's like, I went like, to the bottom and which isn't really that far, but Mm -hmm. I still went to the bottom, but then it was just kind of like I was out of the pool, but watching myself in the pool. Interesting. And so then, but then immediately, like I snapped out of it and then I grabbed onto the wall. I don't even know how I was able to like push myself up. And, um, he didn't hear me. He was like, Oh, what's the matter? You know? So like I immediately got out of it, but it was just, it was, you know, that was kind of dumb being, you know, going around the pool like that, but that otter, body experience it, it felt like it was like at least 10 minutes right and i was clearly probably only down there for a couple of seconds and you felt like for a moment your consciousness was outside looking at yourself yeah. or outside like looking could, at the pool i could see myself i could see my brother i can see the surrounding area yeah so that was it, it was creepy the only time i've exp- it's interesting I would, I was about to say, I've never experienced anything like that. But as I was about to say that, a memory came to mind. I don't know if I've only framed it this way in memory or if I experienced it this way in the moment. But when I was in first grade, this kid 
who was kind of a bully, kind of a bully. He was a bully. He was strangling me on the playground. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but he, it, in his eyes, it was playful, but his way of playing was bullying. And I was in the sandbox with him and he had put his, it was basically a chokehold. He was, had his arm around my neck and it was one of those things like, can you breathe? Can you breathe? Ha <laughs> Can you breathe? Try to breathe mm. type of joke. And I was like, yeah, well, like it, you know, I was going, I was like about to black out. And I remember my, you know, tears welling up in my eyes and I could just oh. the sun like kind of hitting my face. And this is the weird part that I would have not defined as out, uh, as out of body because I don't know if it's just how my memory has contextualized it. But I remember almost like praying that my buddy, my friend Alex, just noticed what was happening, even though he was across the playground right. on the you know jungle gym. And again, as a kid the playground felt like it was miles long. Oh, I'm sure he was, yeah. I'm sure he was just like right over there. But, <laughs> but I remember in that moment being like, I hope to God, Alex notices what's happening. Cause he would come and try to help. And in my memory, I have this like 3d understanding of the environment. Like I see Alex on the jungle gym. I see the moment he noticed me. And in my memory, I've always been like outside of the moment. Wow. I have the memory of the sun in my eyes, but I also feel like I have mm-hmm. the memory of Alex running across the playground from like a bird's eye view. But it may just be that I kind of sketched out that narrative right, in my right. head over time because that's what happened. But it's just weird as you say that I am remembering this moment and they were both arguably, if not near death experiences, they were at least like high threat level experiences mm-hmm. to your safety yeah um and it did feel like i kind of went somewhere for a minute but then Mm -hmm. next thing i know alex is standing over me and he said to this kid our teacher's name was mrs cato and he said miss cato said you're not allowed to play like that and the kid just like released me and i remember being like holy fuck oh you just you know (laughs) out of my mind terrifying um That's super interesting, though. And you've never had another experience like that where you feel like you've kind of been outside of your body before? No. Or again, rather? No. Interesting. Never, like, never. It's, um, you know, I I was trying to think about, like, uh, even with what happened, you know, sometimes, you know, I've been in a car accident, you know, that's pretty bad car accident. But even with that, no, it's like, you know, things kind of slowed down. But no, it wasn't like an out of you know, body experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a good bridge into our horror chat because this happened to you in Maine, correct? It did. (laughs) One of my, if not my first experiences with horror happened in Maine. Um... I'm from Maryland originally, and as a kid, I acted in this independent film, and they were shooting it in Maine, and we were all staying at a cabin, and I was the only child in the cast, I believe, and I was there with my dad, and everybody else in this cabin was an adult, and they thought it would be fun to watch Evil Dead one night. And I don't remember how old I was. I mean, I must have been, maybe I was 10 or 11. I don't know. But they put on Evil Dead, and I've told this story before, so I won't belabor it, but I started off sitting on the couch right in front of the TV with the other adults in the cast, and 
one of them was like an actress that I had a crush on because she was in this ice skating movie in the 80s or something. And uh, so I wanted to look cool. And the more scared I got, I got further away from the TV. I got up and went behind the couch, kind of stood up, watched it from a distance just so I could feel like I can run if I have to. And then, you know, 30 minutes in, I'm in the kitchen, like peeking out from behind the wall, like (laughs) barely watching it. Um, And then once the movie ended, I kind of circled back and I was like, that was really cool. But I half watched Evil Dead. But that was probably my entry point into horror. It wasn't too long after that that I purposefully sat down and watched these films. Starting with, I went back and started with Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. But what were the, it sounds like you've watched horror for a lot of your life. Were you introduced to it young or was it in your teens? When did you become a horror fan? Um, honestly, uh, I think when I was extremely young, like I, I can't even remember. I remember the first horror movie, but I don't know if that's the first one, you know? True, yeah. Um, like my mom is a huge horror fan. She would just watch it like it's, it's the news. It's insane. And, um, mm-hmm. I have a huge family. So in total, I have five brothers and sisters and I'm the youngest. So it's just gotcha. kind of like. You know, I really just wanted to be with my mom and watch whatever she watched. Like with my dad, he wouldn't watch it. He didn't care. He would leave. But I, you know, I wanted to be that person. Mm -hmm. And so um, I remember watching one, perhaps when I was like four years old, uh, Kevin Tenney's 1988 Night of the Demons. Uh And, and you know, that that movie, it starts off as an animation. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking it's going to be like a Halloween themed cartoon. Like, heck yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's not at all. It's right. cheesy, but I, I loved it. And I was just hooked. Like, don't get me wrong. I was completely terrified of a lot of things. And there were a lot of horror movies. Perhaps I probably should have never watched as a right. kid. Like if I had kids, I would never let them watch some of the stuff. Like but, what's um, one of those? What's one of the films that you watched that you wouldn't let a kid of your own watch? Ticks. Oh, you ticks. Yeah. Yes, I remember I have a sister who's two years older than me and she was just such a wimp. I remember kind of like doing that, you know, how the ticks would just latch on the person and just start, yeah. you know, sucking the blood out of them. You know, she was scared of that or um, Death by Temptation. It has a lot of blood, just a lot of naked people running around. Gotcha. I've never seen that. Death by Temptation. It's very, it's 90s cheese, but there's yeah. still some stuff that you, a, a child should not Yeah, see. totally. So I'll leave that at that. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like overall, it was just kind of like a like a hobby, you know? Like I've had uh, friends who were really into ballet and dance club. And, you know, yeah. I just really enjoyed watching movies. So it's, so your household was very open to horror. Were you, were you renting most of these or were you catching them on cable? How were you consuming most of these horror movies when you first started watching them? It was a kind of a mixture. So I would rent movies as well as watch on TV. Like, especially like, um, we lived kind of near like this video store. Roberta's video store was the best. So amazing. And you know, back then you really, well, I know I didn't really read the synopsis. I would just go based on like the poster, you know, it looked cool. And then I remember, you know, during the summers, like my parents, they would let me stay up as long as I would want to stay up because it's the summer and do what you want. You know, they were, they were really cool about that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, so I remember staying up late watching whatever movies like horror movies that would come on cable. I remember there was a Friday the 13th marathon marathon. Mm-hmm. Suspiria came on, 
you know, a lot of Mario Baba movies. Came, it was just like, whoa, it was just like a whole That's world. Great. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, I mean, I'll speak for myself as a horror fan. Of course, I love the classics, but the lesser known films are in many ways just as important to me. Yes. I mean, I know, uh, well, and I actually, I'm supposed to turn my TV VCR off when we do our podcast, but it's going right now. It's behind me. That's so Um, cool. (laughs) And right now, uh, House is on there from 1986. The, you know, the creature movie uh, with George Went. And uh, I mean, I, I would argue House is just as important to me as... Halloween or absolutely exorcist even. Uh, and I think, cause as a horror fan, at least, uh, from what I know of the, the fans of the genre, we look for what is good about it instead of judging it as a whole. It's, yes. uh, you could look at us, you could say, well, this is cheesy or you mm-hmm. could say, I don't know. It had some good moments though. There was a really good, that kill in Witchboard is really good. You know, <laughs> there's, you kind of, pick the the elements out of it that do work because we love mm-hmm. the genre so much we're not willing to just throw these entries out because of their failings i find we look for their successes and kind of put those in our pocket and keep going absolutely um yeah is there a movie like that for you that that is is arguably not a classic but it means a lot to you and you think it's very successful in its kills or in, you know, some of its main characters or, you know, you like certain things about it. Oh, definitely. Like, um, immediately what comes to mind, Mara Mara. Um, oh, because yeah. I remember my brother actually rented that from the library and we kind of just watched it and we were just so hooked and in love with it. Like clearly it's not perfect. You know right. who's already going to die from the cover, right. you know? But is that the is that the one with like the holographic mirror on the cover? Like yes. one of the versions is like kind of those old school like green and silver holograms. Yes. If that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. That's the one. And um another one I recently watched this movie called Popcorn from oh, the early yeah. 90s. And it's like, I really wish that I would have watched it when I was younger. And I have no idea why I did it because I remember going to the video stores and seeing that poster and it was a yep. really cool poster, but I wouldn't rent it for some reason. I didn't rent it, but I'm glad that I checked it out. And I just, I see there's so much in there that's made for people who are not just only genre fans, but people who just love movies, you know? Yeah. That popcorn I saw in pieces as a kid and I didn't know what it was. I saw it, I, you know, whether it was TNT or on USA late at night. And I had this like really scattered memory of it and I didn't see it in full. I mean, it might've been like college. Maybe I finally mm-hmm. found what it was accidentally and rented it. But that's a perfect example for popcorn. For me, there's so many things in it that work really well. And especially just that the main uh, villain, I mean, the main character. Yes. I, the the way he looks Mm -hmm. to me is as iconic as a Jason or Freddy. I love what they do with that character. Even though most people, if you were to say, oh yeah, did you ever see popcorn? They would say no. And then you'd show them (laughs) clips and they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? They would, they they really would. Are you, um, do you have franchise favorites? Like, are you more Halloween as a franchise than Friday the 13th? 
or vice versa? Are you a Nightmare on Elm Street? Do you have an affinity to any of those kind of big three from the 80s? Um, I really, first comes Friday the 13th. There's just something about that series. Um, then comes a Nightmare on Elm Street, then comes Halloween. It's not that I'm not a fan of Halloween. It's just, I'm more attracted to Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, I definitely do have like an appreciation, um, for Halloween. I love the fact that they're creating even new ones. The recent one that came out was two years ago. Yeah. That one was pretty, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but again, Friday the 13th. But I think one of my favorite franchise, it's between, honestly, Wishmaster. Well, Wishmaster. <laughs> I know a lot, a lot of people talk about it. But, you know, I really think that we need to revive Evil Genies. That's a thing. And we need to bring I, it back. It's just crazy. I literally spoke that exact sentence to a friend of mine a couple days ago. We I was like, it. why don't we have an Evil Genie movie? I said that. That's so funny. We need a new one. Yeah. It's a great premise. It's such it a really good premise. Is. It is. I haven't, like, I haven't seen Wishmaster since I was much, much younger. I rented oh, it. Man. Like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you can, like, just because also even when I watch it now, because I did watch it as a kid, you know, like yeah. you. But rewatching it as an adult, it's just like it's fun. And I know it's kind of like a horror movie. That's fun. What's that? Like, it's a right. thing. But it's it's fun. You know, it's actually. I think that they have some of them streaming on Tubi. Because Tubi I, is I was, where it's at for some of these oh movies. Oh my god. Tubi is so amazing. Like yeah. I just love it so much. And I recently started using um Midnight Pulp. And Ooh, I don't know that. Oh my gosh. There are so many movies I've never even heard of. Oh wow. Like it, it's like they they're they're heavy on like foreign horror yeah. movies, but they also have like martial arts. They have like actions, like very weird type of movies. But there are so, seriously, so many movies um, that I've never heard of. But I recommend it if you, especially if you like movies, you know? Yeah. And so, so did you, have you rewatched Wishmaster recently? I have. I rewatched the first one a couple of months ago. And it holds up, at least like conceptually, you think it holds up? I think so. There's a little cheese to it, but that's because of, you know, the time. But I think, you know, it's still a very like cool storyline i can see being a thing like think about it you you find a genie it's like okay first off genies exist what right then you know you get to wish for anything you want and then obviously you don't know it's gonna twist it but it's it's a cool little premise yeah i had never seen uh the serpent and the rainbow oh wow! i i just watched that last week and i felt uh, a friend of mine told me, he was like, you're going to feel dumb that you haven't seen it yet mm-hmm. because you're going to like it so much. And I was like, we'll see. I don't know. I feel <laughs> like I've seen mostly everything that I'm ever going to love. And then I watched that. I loved it. Like, Oh, man. There's so many great ideas in there. And that's a perfect example of, yeah, does the whole thing work? Does it knock everything out of the park? Are all of the makeup effects convincing? No, right. you know, but... There's something there that's really exciting and mm-hmm. high concept and performances from everyone that are really like at kind of uh what's the word? Like everyone's operating in their top form for at a time when I feel like horror films weren't necessarily given the, the credit. Uh, you have like Bill Pullman really going all in. I mean, he's really giving a great yes, performance. He did. Um, 
and Paul Winfield, I think, is 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 in it, and he's great. Everybody in it is really giving their all for something that I feel like they could have looked at and kind of rolled their eyes, like oh, right. a zombie movie. Um, <laughs> is there any blind spot for you in horror, like something that you didn't see until recently that's a classic, or something that people talk about that you're like, I still um, have never seen that. Hmm, that's a good question. I've been catching up on like some older movies and maybe this one isn't that much of a, of a classic. I don't really think that anyone cares for it, but, um, (laughs) but uh, what's this movie called? Um, Personal shopper. Personal shopper. Personal shopper. The one with Kristen Stewart. Is that Kristen Stewart? Somebody told me that was really good and I have not seen it either. It's very subtle. It's not like, blatantly in your face yeah. and um i remember a couple of years ago when it came out i watched like bits and pieces of it and i'm like ah oh, this is not for me because i didn't feel like it's not what i thought it was all you know in my mind what i thought it was going to be i really yeah. watched it maybe i want to say like a couple of weeks ago and i really enjoyed it because even though it's not like straight up gore buckets and stuff like that yeah. There is something that is unsettling about it that it will leave you um feeling slightly uncomfortable. But yeah. satisfied if that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, Kristen Stewart, I think that she's a great actress. You know, I I think that she is. I know there's some other people who don't, but <laughs> I think that she I think that she is and I thought that she did a really cool job. And what's funny is um I watched it because uh one of my friends she's really into like designing and, you know, fashion and stuff. And so I was giving her some recommendations and I said, well, let me watch this first before I give it to her. And I I gave her um, a couple of stuff like blood and lace, you know, I feel cat people, uh, the 1942 one, 1982. I feel like that's perfect. Um, There's another one and and I'm, it's at the tip of my tongue. It came out maybe two years ago. It's about this woman who bought a dress and there's something oh in is it in fabric yes yes that so i gave her that one and then also just personal shopper she loved them all but she really loved personal shopper so i kind of feel like even though it's not that old i wish that i would have watched it like really gave it the attention that it deserves and i probably feel like i'm i'm missing something um but i think like popcorn it was that one for me yeah. That it was just kind of like, I. it's old, it's kind of forgotten. Um, oh, another one, Killer Party. Killer oh, Party. Killer Party. Yeah, I just watched that too. I, I don't think I'd seen it until maybe last year. And why did I watch it? Um, there's something about it. I think I might have been, oh yeah, it's because I was, I was trying to write something that was like sorority based. Yes. And I had never seen Killer Party. It's like, I feel like it's not what I thought it was going to be. Like, I remember, like, one of my friends, he actually recommended to me, like, he's obsessed with that movie. And um, he would always just talk about it all the time. So I finally checked it out um, maybe a year ago, I want to say. I'm not too sure. And I wish that I would have watched it sooner because I'm someone who loves Friday the 13th. I love slashers. But it's like a mixture. It's a slasher. There's supernatural. It takes place in school. You know, there's demons, there's parties, there's 80s music. So there's something for everybody. Yeah. And I think if I'm remembering the season that I went through where I rented all these sorority horror films, they bleed together. But 
I mean, doesn't the doesn't the house isn't it like falling apart in the end or like I just remember somebody like kind of clinging to an inside interior balcony and it like yes. the staircase <laughs> collapsing and and then I also had never seen um I think it's Hell Knight. Is it Hell Knight? Oh my gosh, Hell Knight is everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like taking screenshots from Hell Knight. I was like, this is great, this is great, this is it's great. Just, whoa. It's I remember when I first watched the movie, because you know, come on, let's let's be honest. Sometimes when you watch movies from the 80s, you know it could be a hit, it could be a total miss. And yeah. I really, I'm not gonna lie, I went in with low expectations. I just wanted something on. And I remember being scared when I yeah. watched it. It's like, whoa, why isn't anyone talking about this movie? Yeah, that really went under the radar for me, especially the fact that it stars Linda Blair. Yes. I mean, how could I have never seen that? And this is a detail that I don't know if either of us will remember, but one of these sorority house movies, it might have been Killer Party. One of the sorority sisters, um, the, a couple of them are at a mausoleum. They're in a cemetery. Maybe it's not Killer Party. But one of the sorority sisters always has a toothbrush in her mouth. Oh, is that Killer Party or is that a different movie? That's a different movie. That's One Dark Night. One Dark Night. Yeah. That's... I remember screenshotting that because I loved that character detail that I feel like the actress yeah. must have given herself. I thought that was pretty cool too. Very yeah. unique. <laughs> Very unique. Like, okay, she her character just kind of always has a toothbrush, toothbrush <laughs> wisher with her. Jesus, it's a tongue twister. Um, that's a, that's great. I could talk about these sorority horror movies forever. Is there a is there a subgenre that's your favorite? Are you a slasher person? Are you more into hauntings and supernatural? Do you have a specific niche that you like more than other subgenres? Um, I really love, I mean, I think it depends on my mood, but for the most part, psychological horrors yeah. are just everything for me, everything to me. That's really what scares me. And I, I know it. And that's what feels great going into it. Right. Because I know what kind of movies to pick out for myself. Um, I so feel give like me I an example of, of uh, like one of your favorites. Psychological. Yeah. One of my favorite ones, um, Veronica from 2017. Oh, I've never seen that and, either. Oh my God. This movie, I'm smiling right now because it's it's <laughs> one of those movies I feel that just makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside, but it yeah. also scared the life out of me. It made me afraid to use the bathroom at night. I was oh seeing things in the corner of, you know, of my house, the dark corners. So basically it's about this girl named Veronica and it's kind of based off of a true story. It was filmed in Spain, and I believe it might still be on Netflix, but basically her and her friends, they play with a Ouija board in the basement of their school during an eclipse because she wants huh. to talk to her dad. And then from then on there, the stuff that's going on, like, I feel like I'm getting chills right now because it's just like, at this point, what do you do? Just die. That's that's all. You can't move. <laughs> right. You can't move. You can't do anything about it. Just die. Like, I mean, I had a good life if that happened to me. <laughs> but that one really, really scares me. And another really gets under your skin. One, oh my gosh. I love recommending that to people. And I love yeah. being with them when they watch I'll, it. I'll watch it next. That'll be my next on my list. Yeah, that's great. Oh my great. gosh, please do. And let me know what you think about it. Like, yeah. it's just a great movie. Um, another one, it's on Shudder from Argentina called Terrified. Oh, um, right. I, I did watch that. 
that movie just made me want to just pack up my bags and leave I my know. house. <laughs> like, you know, can I give a little spoiler? That like, Yes, yeah, spoiler movie. alert if anyone hasn't seen Terrified. Yes. So, you know, um, well, a little backstory. Since in quarantine, you know, so I'm in Tampa, Florida, and mm-hmm. all my family, they're still up in New York. And so, you know, being miles away, it sucks. But my sisters and I, we decided like, yeah, let's watch a movie and then we'll talk about it afterwards. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I got this. You know how many horror movies I watch? (laughs) Yeah. I watched this movie at night, alone, downstairs, and it was the worst idea. And then afterwards, (laughs) so the part that's a spoiler, the dead kid sitting at the table. Yeah. His kitchen you know, or where his table, you know, how it was like set up. I have a similar setup with a window well, with a sliding door and everything. And <laughs> I swear sometimes it was like for, I was, this is like TMI, but you know, we're friends. So I'll tell yeah, you. For so sure. I, was getting, I was getting my, uh, my wisdom teeth pulled and in a couple of hours. So it's like, I was like, you know what, let me go downstairs and get something to drink because I'm not going to be able to in like 30 minutes. Yeah. So this is like 3 a.m. Went down there. I swore I heard somebody tapping at the window. Oh. Somebody's tapping at the window. I swore I saw somebody sitting at the table. Like, it's just, you know, your mind with, with psychological horrors, that's the joy of it. If there, yeah. There's so many tricks that are being played on you. That movie has so many great... Uh, I don't just want to call them scares because I think they're better than jump scares. There are some yes. great jump scares, but there there's just some really well constructed scare sequences. I would say, yes, um, very very well done and a, a great understanding of when to show us something and yes. when to not. And um, yeah, I mean that sequence again. Spoilers, but I where the thing runs up to the car. And we see it, but the character doesn't, oh and gosh. it's out. It's out of focus until it's right at the window. Mm-hmm. That's just a great, you know, that hits. It really hits, and it's so well done. Yes. Um, well, what other? Let's talk about modern horror for a bit, because I have okay. a, I I get stuck in the past, uh, mm-hmm. arguably, because I mean, partially for nostalgia's sake, but. To be honest, I do think there's something missing in a lot of the modern horror that I see. And it's not always the same thing. Um, right. But I do think that in the horror from the 70s and 80s, I just find better structured films. Mm-hmm. I find more interesting characters. I find more of a trust in 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 the horror itself, in the monsters, in the, right. in the creations, in the villains. I, there's just like... I don't know. It's it's all just works better for me. Mm-hmm. I first saw Pumpkinhead when I had my wisdom teeth removed. Oh, cool! And I think I had rented it prior to the appointment. I was in high school, and I had like I would just rent movies, you know, back to back to back. It would be like here's the five for this week, and then I'd go back to the video store and get five more. And so Pumpkinhead was kind of next in my stack, and I'm high on Percocet, and I sit there again, had a TV VCR in my bedroom, and put it on, and man. Fell in love. That's my favorite monster movie. Pumpkinhead is my shit. Um, and uh, and so I get stuck in that era. I get stuck in in the Chuckies and the Pumpkinheads and the Freddy Kruegers. I still see every single horror film that comes out. I see any horror film. I see anybody say a single good word about. Right. What I have found, without naming names, uh, because I don't really get 
get into into mudslinging, but so many of the films, the modern movies people have recommended I see, they don't hit for mm-hmm. me. They don't mm-hmm. work. Um, and so I kind of just remove myself from the conversation. They're like, well, Bows, but did you see this? And I'm like, I did. I didn't like it. Well, but Bows, right. did you see this? Yeah, I saw that too, and I didn't like it either. So now the stereotype about me is I'm just not going to like anything unless it was made in 1986. So <laughs> how do you feel about modern horror? What are some films that have worked for you that maybe are as recent as the last two years? Mm-hmm. And when, what do you see that's lacking in modern horror? Is there any direction you want to see horror go in that it's not currently going in? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I'm right there with you. I feel yeah. like I watch a lot of older movies because I feel like in a way I connect to them better. Like I go through these phases, sometimes it can be early 2000s, maybe it can be the Mm -hmm. 90s, maybe it could be the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, 50s, who knows, you know? It just depends on my mood, but I feel like, kind of like what you were saying earlier, you always find the good in it, even if it's the character or the premise or that part really was creepy or look at that camera work. So I always feel like I've been having a hard time finding more modern horror Mm -hmm. movies to actually scare me. And yeah. so there, there's been a couple that, that came out. We could probably talk about it when we're done recording. I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember people telling me about it like, oh, man, this is really scary. And, you know, that's fine if you find that scary, but I don't. Yeah, or that's fine if you enjoy the movie. But honestly, I did it, you know. So yeah. it's and it's not because it's modern that I hate it or not even hate it that I'm not a fan. Yeah. It's just, you know, I feel like sometimes just things aren't for you. Like you're not that audience, you know. Right. And so it's hard for me to even think about that. I think, I mean, even trying to think about the last two years, it's yeah. a little rough. It's a little yeah. rough for me. Like I'll have movies that I like, like um, comedy horrors. You know, I, I think about some of those. Yeah. Um, even with Scare Package as an example, that movie recently came out, and I thought that right. movie was hilarious. Right. Or, um, one that wasn't really scary to me, but it had a cool concept. It, I believe it just came out this year called Z. Oh, yeah, and I haven't watched that. People have recommended it. That one was pretty cool, you know. Right. I felt, um, but I wasn't scared. And that's, you know, I watch horror movies because I really want to be scared. Yeah. Um, or um, there's another one called The Room. And um, that one, it has huh. a cool, you know, kind of story to it. But it's, I personally did not find it scary. The um, There were certain situations that's just like, whoa, what would you do if that happened? Yeah. That could be possibly scary, but not like, um, and the, you know, I'm terrified running away. Oh, I've seen the poster for that, The Room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I often think about it. I often think, like, why isn't this working for me? Um and and what am I what am I lacking? And then I think like maybe it is just that I'm getting older and I'm not connecting to this stuff as as viscerally. But then I watch Serpent in the Rainbow and I'm like, this is working for me. Right. Because the concepts uh are just mm-hmm. you know, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen Serpent in the Rainbow, but like it's just a, such a well-constructed script. I feel like there was a time when screenplays were really like writery. They were you could right. see the writer that was like, and then in the end, the zombie from the beginning is going to be the one that rescues him. Like things add up, and right. I'm I'm big on themes. And mm-hmm. if I were to rant about anything that I feel like is missing in a lot of the horror I watch, is not that there aren't themes present. But that the themes don't connect to what the characters are doing and the decisions they're making and that the ending delivers you in a place of uh, the theme 
connecting and and helping that plot destination pay off. Like, for example, I was listening to this podcast about the Blair Witch, and one of the directors was saying there were all these different endings, and, and we wanted this really bleak ending. And to me, that is also the thematically correct ending that Mm -hmm. she loses her friends that she most likely is gone as well but that she is the last one so that she has to witness kind of because of her hubris and because of her pushing everybody through this that wanted to give up that wanted to clock out she then loses all of them her crew her friends and has and not only does it tie into the narrative of Blair Witch with him being faced into the corner but um but thematically it lands that now she's alone she shouldn't have gone this far Mm -hmm. she shouldn't have pushed as she pushed when there were forces at play that didn't want her there and they were punished for it so like thematically it pays off whereas a lot of times in horror now i see you know there's endings and they're bleak or they're dismal or they're violent but they don't hit me like well that you know the themes in the exorcist work the sacrifice and innocence being lost or in rosemary's baby his vanity corrupting his right. personal life and causing him loss because he cared more about his own gain. It's all working together. And I just don't find that in mm-hmm. a lot of horror See, films. Like I now. really, I, I feel like I'm right there with you. Seriously. Like I just, I, I don't know what it is. I think I've kind of always had like an interest in older movies, even when I was younger. Um, Cause I just remember just, there were some new ones that would come out in the nineties, you know, when I was a kid and everything, and yeah. those were cool. Like I remember really loving uh, the Frighteners as a kid. Oh, yeah. And so it's just like, you know what? I was curious to see what else is out there, especially after seeing Friday the 13th, it was made in the eighties, but it was still creepy, you yeah. know? So there's just something about it. But I mean, I've, I love going to the movies and you know, well, I, I, I don't go anymore, but <laughs> you yeah, know, I used I know. to. Sadly, I used to love going to the movies and, um, you know, even if I'm not like a huge fan of, you know, the movie that I just watched, it's always cool to me that you're actually sort like supporting someone else's dream. Totally. Like I, I may not have been the audience and that's happened to me a couple of times. Um, I even think back on, I'm trying to see, I don't even remember the last movie, what the last movie was that I saw in theaters. Maybe it was Fantasy Island. Oh, um, I still haven't watched that. I wanted to. The last movie I saw right before lockdown was The Hunt. Was the oh, nice the nice. horror film The Hunt? Yeah, that one's Which, fun. Yeah, it 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 was fun. I enjoyed the ride. I think it also kind of suffered from connecting its themes to its it because it it spoke so loudly about things, but right. I don't know what its perspective was because it was. Mm-hmm. You know, these characters are the hard left and these characters, the hard right. And everybody's kind of right. Well, no, I mean, the right's more wrong. Well, but the character's kind of the right, but she's not. They thought she was the right. (laughs) But it just was a little mixed up because I think it didn't know what its message was. But I love that actress. um, And uh, and I love Hilary Swank. And Mm -hmm. the idea of Betty Gilpin and Hilary Swank kind of going head to head. I was all about that. Right. But um but yeah, that one left me wanting, but I didn't see Fantasy Island. Um Fantasy Island, um it was it was very lengthy and yeah. I see the direction that they were trying to go into or go for, but for me it was kind of a miss. Yeah. Um because it, it was it was like it was supposed to be something that was like shocking 
And it kind of like, it's kind of like what you were talking about with, with the payoff. The payoff mm-hmm. for me was not there. We, we took this long journey. The actors did a good job. The cinematography is good. The story is okay. But for yeah. some reason, something's not connecting. And um, I, I'm not quite, I can't quite put my finger on it. I was yeah. actually even thinking about re-watching it to see what that, you know, was that I was feeling at the time. I do that all the time. If, if I leave... Sometimes I leave a movie and I know exactly what I felt was missing or I, I know what I what what maybe missed the mark for me me personally. But then there's other times where it just didn't work for me and I don't know why and I have right. to rewatch. Um yeah, that happens to me often. Well, what are you, what are some things that you're looking forward to in horror? Are there any things that you're excited about that have either been delayed or that are coming to VOD soon? What are you looking forward to? Well, of course, I'm looking forward to Candyman. Like when yes, they first yeah. Said, oh, my gosh. When they first announced that, I was just stalking the life <laughs> out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that was a movie that really, like, whoa. Like, it, it just, like, not only was it just a beautiful horror movie where it was just, like, even non-horror fans, they were, like, watching it. Yeah. Um, but it was a, a thing that you could do like physically do you can right. say candy and it's just like i never did that and i never will That's yeah <laughs> you know as a kid i knew we never did either yeah we talked about it and we never did it what? we didn't say candy man and we didn't say bloody mary we i i think my sister may have may may have said candy man five times at some point in our teenagehood but i never did so you uh, never will you wouldn't try I, it now i I think I would try it now. I'm I'm the type of guy now that like walks underneath a ladder, steps on oh cracks. <laughs> I'm not as worried about that stuff. But as a kid, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You're brave. <laughs> Thank you. So that's probably number one on expectations that's, right now. That's really number one. Um, do you mind if I look real quick? There was yeah, actually a list do it. that I had. Oh, that's good. Um, I'd love to hear that list. Do you worry, as you look up that list... Um, for people that haven't seen the Candyman trailer, I don't want to say too much, but do you worry that they revealed too much in that trailer? Not the animated trailer with the puppets, but the live action trailer. I know some people are saying they feel like it revealed too much. I'm assuming there's there's a lot left to reveal if they showed us that much in the trailer. Right. I don't know. What um, do you think? Honestly, I don't really feel like they revealed too much. And kind of like what you said, I I know that they have something else in store for us. There's no way, especially for a movie like that, that they're going to show us everything. There have been obviously movies in the past where they'll show you everything and you get to the theaters and it's just like, there's no surprise. But other than that, um, no, uh, sorry, I'm still trying to just- No, it's all good. That's definitely okay. high on my list as as well, and and I am excited to see where they go with the Halloween sequels. Um, you know, I'm a Jamie Lee Curtis fan till the day I die, so I'm she's I'm so there. Great. She's fantastic. Oh my do you gosh. do you have your uh, your list of other? Yes. Upcoming? So um, antlers. I know that right. there's, there's recently been like a, a. It was supposed to come out, I think, in the summer, but I it was so. pushed back. Um, and then another one where it's just like, I remember hearing about it, um, last year and I've been patiently waiting is last night in Soho. Oh, right. I feel like that movie is going to be for me, you know, like that. They just made it all for me. Yeah. And then last, um, St. Maud. I think that that Uh has like an interesting, you know, tone to it. Yeah. Without a doubt. Well, 
what, let's end on this because it was ha- how we started the interview. What's a way that you've turned one of your non-horror loving friends into a horror fan? Is there a specific movie that you find is a good bridge for people? How have you how have you turned some of your friends into uh, being into being one of us? Okay, so sometimes, uh, well, okay. First, you have the ones who are at least open to it. So mm-hmm. I try to be nice. And, you know, I give them like the ones that aren't so bad, but ones that may have like horror elements and it may not be a full on horror. So like the guest, that's not, I don't feel like that's a horror, but there's some little elements in there. And then, you know, then they really enjoy it. Like I know with my father-in-law, he hates horror movies. So he (laughs) said, you know, he used to say, so um, I gave him, uh, actually I gave him Death by Temptation a couple of months ago. Oh wow! And he was just like... (laughs) You know, because he was like, oh, well, you know, that he likes Samuel Jackson. Technically, even though Samuel Jackson is in the movie for 3.5 seconds, he's in the movie. Yeah. So there's that. Or if I'm trying to be, you know, nice and stuff, I will find out what the person likes. So even when I was talking about my friend who's really into like fashion and, you know, she's beauty everything. When I recommended ones that she will visually enjoy. You know, so then it's like, totally. okay, so what? People are getting murdered, but did you see her outfit though? Did you see Yeah. <laughs> did you so recommend the Suspiria remake for her with all those beautiful oh my gosh, wardrobes? Oh no, but I should, I should. I'm going to yeah. send her a text when we're done. You know, for she any needs of, to enhance her life. For, for any of my friends that, that, that their first argument is I don't find them aesthetically pleasing. Like they think, you know, horror films are just kind of ugly because they may not like gore they may not like how dark they are i do recommend things that are just incredibly well shot or something like that where the production design and wardrobe design is it's just high art you know absolutely it's fantastic or sometimes you know you have to be a little bit forceful you know you have to kind of just and don't really tell them what it is you just Hey, um, we're gonna watch a movie. You at the time when we could all be together. You you saying over? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying. But I don't want to watch any horror movies, girl. No, this is not a horror movie, and it is. You know. Yeah. So you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You put on the on the worst one, and then they're already sitting there. What are you gonna do? Leave? We're all right. hanging out. Don't be rude. Come on. <laughs> and then they sit there. They may sit there with their eyes covered, or you know, make it stop. But they stay there, and they want to yeah. see it to the end. And so you surprise just, them. You put on society or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Human centipede and leave the room. (laughs) Right, exactly. You say, well, you you agreed to come over. Exactly. Um, That's great. Well, it's been wonderful talking with you. Where can people find you on social media? What do you have coming up as far as your YouTube channel? Uh, How can people stay, stay in touch with all that you have going on? Well, you guys, of course, can find me on YouTube. You just type in Real Queen of Horror. And I'm always on Twitter. I always just, my whole life, I just lurk on Twitter for some reason. <laughs> but I'm trying to ease off of it because some people are just so negative and whatever. But my handle, lovely Zena. Though I'm thinking about changing it. I don't know. And then yeah. also you can find me on YouTube. Um, well, did I say that already? I didn't. Oh, you might have, but say it again. Real Queen okay, of Horror you on can, YouTube. On YouTube, just type in Real Queen of Horror. And yeah. you can check out my blog, realqueenofhorror.com. Are you thinking of making the Twitter handle? the real queen of horror as well, or just doing something horror related? Um, I don't know. It's like, you know what, when I started my, uh, well, when I created my Twitter, like this was like 11 years ago. Oh my God. I was yeah. just like, I just want to be lovely. And so then I made it, <laughs> I made it that. And then it was just like, then it just, I just stuck with it. But then I realized like, okay, might be time for a change, switch it yeah. up a little bit, you know, why not? But I'm, I don't know. I don't know yet. 
when I came up with most of my handles, I they're Andrew Bowser director because I had done a lot of things as like a comedic performer, but my primary interest is directing. And I had been directing just as much as I'd been performing. But I would find that when I talked to people, they were like, oh, well, yeah, you're that weird comedy guy. And I'd say, well, I'm a director. I, I do that as an extension of my kind of creative spirit. But so I changed my handles. Andrew Bowser, director. My website is Andrew Bowser, director. <laughs> but now I'm like, now it just looks like I'm really insisting upon myself. I'm like, <laughs> did you guys know I'm a director? Well, it's in my handle. Surprise. Well, yeah, surprise. <laughs> well, thank you again for being here and uh, and taking the time out to chat with me. And best of luck in, in everything you're doing. And I will watch... I will watch Veronica. That's what it is, right? I will watch Veronica ASAP. Thank you again for having me. (laughs) No problem. Thanks. What a wonderful conversation. I loved talking to Xena. And then after we wrapped, we, uh, we got down and dirty talking about some movies that we don't like. And it was (laughs) really encouraging to talk to somebody who has disliked some of the recent horror films that I have also disliked, that I don't like talking about publicly because I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. Y'all know me. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. But talking to Xena on air and off air was really encouraging. As you know, I love chatting horror. Please come back next week. We've got a really great guest planned. Until then, check us out on The Untold Hour on Instagram and on Twitter at untold hour pod until then i've been andrew bowser and you've been listening to the untold hour bye a podcast network